Hi, I'm Adam Sanford. I'm an academic life coach and professor in Los Angeles. And I'm Dinur Bloom. I'm a college professor in Los Angeles. And this is Learning Made Easier, a podcast where we discuss how we learn and how we teach and how they overlap. Welcome back to Learning Made Easier. This is episode 93, How to Stay on Track. In this podcast, Adam and I have talked about how to break down big projects and set small goals. But what happens when you have trouble, as many of us do, with keeping yourself faithful to the goal you've set and following through? Now, I'll freely admit it. First of all, this episode was my idea. And it's my idea because sometimes I have trouble keeping myself faithful to the goals I've set. I'll write something in a planner or on a to-do list with the best of intentions. Two weeks later, I'll realize I never followed through on that. I'll take my big project, I'll backwards, forwards, break it down into steps, I'll schedule all the steps, and then I put the planner on the corner of my desk where it gathers a load of dust. I've tried timers, reminders, alarms, guilt-tripping myself, rewarding myself, and a ton of other methods, and none of them have worked. And to put it bluntly, this is embarrassing. I have a PhD. I'm a person who coaches people in things like time management, and yet here I am not practicing what I teach. Now, I recently, and by recently I mean last year, discovered the work of Jen Sincero, and we'll link to her first book in the show notes. Sincero is the author of the You Are a Badass series, and her pragmatic approach to life problems was frankly a swift kick in the butt for me. In no uncertain terms, she tells you, if you're not doing the things you said you would do, that's on you. That is not the universe magically saying, oh, we're going to prevent you from doing the things you want to do. No, it's you not following through. You always have a choice to do what needs to be done. Xander says that if you have trouble following through, it's time to set a consequence. This goes against the grain of a lot of advice we've seen and read over the years, starting with the idea that rewarding good behavior will produce more of that good behavior. You've heard that, right? If someone does something good, reward them, and they'll do more of it. But very few people think about how motivating an uncomfortable consequence can be. I mean, we do, but not until the last minute, usually. The student who writes their 10-page paper the morning it's due, or the student who's frantically cramming for an exam the previous night because they haven't studied at all. We've all been there. As teachers, we've all had that student. As students, we've all been that student in one class or another. Can we talk about geology, my undergrad geology class? I mean, I liked rocks, but not that much. And I crammed for every single exam, and I passed that class with a B minus. And I knew that I could have done better, but I just never followed through. I always looked at the work like the day of the test, I would be looking at my notes for the first time and frantically trying to create categories, you know, well, is this igneous or is it metamorphic or whatever? I did not do well by my standards in that class at all. So yeah, even those of us who have PhDs, we have been that student who is scrambling at the last minute to throw something together. We're going to tie in an idea from James Clear here too. His book, Atomic Habits, was a recent bestseller and in it, Clear points out that discipline is what gets you to a goal, not a gigantic one-step burst of energy. Instead, it's small, incremental steps over time. But of course, 
many people fail to do those small incremental steps. And then you get the last minute half-assed desperation paper. What if there were a way to set up uncomfortable consequences for not taking those small incremental steps that kept us on the right track every day? Well, that's exactly what Xander suggests doing in this book. And her position is consequences are far more motivating than rewards because we're more likely to pay attention to consequences. It made sense to me, even as it made me really uncomfortable to think about going through with this and doing it, because I could think of things I'd really, really, really rather not have to deal with, even as I've read about other people she's coached who have had to deal with them. So I knew she was on the right track. The very fact that I didn't want to do this <laughs> told me that I needed to do this. And I know, is it really that simple? Yeah, it really is. Setting consequences for myself seems to tap into something in the brain that really, really doesn't want to deal with that consequence. So what's a consequence that does that? How do you make yourself willing to do the work by avoiding the consequence? I mean, we can't set up situations where a deadline will throw us into a panic mode every day, right? There are three qualities this consequence has to have, and you need all three of them for it to work. So the first quality is the consequence has to take away something you would normally get or force you to do something you really don't want to do. Xander makes a good point. We will do a lot more to hold on to something we're used to having than we will to getting something we've never gotten before. And that's actually why rewards don't work as well as consequences. Like if I know that I'm going to have to give up something I like, that's going to motivate me a lot more than, well, you'll get something you want. Okay, having to give something up is hard. And if you can't get by without your daily can of Monster, or if you can't imagine going out of the house without makeup, or if you would rather die than sing karaoke because it would take away your intense need to hide from other people, well, then you know what your consequence has to be, doesn't it? Second, the consequence has to be something that would be embarrassing or uncomfortable. It has to be something you'll really want to avoid happening. This could be an extra workout, an extra study session, telling someone something you really don't want to tell them, or doing something you hate doing. One man in Xander's book had to give a five-minute foot rub to a family member if he didn't keep his commitment. He hates feet, so that was a perfect consequence. And third, and this is the kicker, you have to tell someone else about it so that they'll hold you accountable. If the consequence involves doing something for someone, telling them about the consequence is part of the deal. For example, if you're trying to remember to study and you set your consequence as, if I miss a study session, I have to tell my mom I did and listen to her lecture without arguing with her, then you have to tell your mom about the consequence. It will really motivate you not to miss a study session. Now, I did this when I read her book last year, and so I'll just give you an example of a consequence that really worked for me. So for me, one thing that will get me doing what I have to do is if you threaten my coffee. All right, coffee is life because water is life and without water you can't make coffee therefore coffee is life even though i've had to go no caffeine recently due to a new health condition i'm one of those people who just psychologically needs his morning cup of coffee i drink decaf these days but morning is not morning without coffee it's just impossible for me to really get going mentally if i don't have my coffee and i hate black coffee i hate it 
I hate it so much. I hate it. I know my father is turning in his grave right now because he was a complete black coffee aficionado. That's fine, Dad. I didn't go to Italy. You did. I have to have cream in my coffee or it just tastes too bitter and too disgusting. So here's the logical consequence. If I don't do the thing I said I would do, I have to drink my coffee black the next morning. No cream, no milk, no sugar, no sweetener, just the coffee. And that's a hell of a motivator for me. I used to, I used it when I read her book. I used it last, uh, last year to get through the entire Duolingo introduction to Spanish. I've only made this mistake once since I set that consequence. I got home from work one day. I got involved with something on the internet. I completely spaced on doing my Duolingo session for that day. And the next morning, I had to drink my coffee black. And that made me very, very, very motivated to avoid having to do that again. And I racked up the XP on Duolingo every day until I finished that sequence. Now, I've suggested this technique to my students, and several of them have told me that they've done it. They've set consequences for themselves, and all of a sudden, they're much more successful at sticking to their goals than before because thinking about that consequence out on the horizon, the, oh, but if you don't, or if they're trying to avoid doing something, but if you do, that consequence is waiting. It's like, yeah, avoiding that consequence is more important than having the cake or avoiding that consequence is more important than skipping the study session. Friends of mine are using the technique too, and they're accomplishing more than they ever thought they could, even though occasionally they do, you know, yell at me about telling them about it because they're like, damn it, now I have to do this and I can't stand it, but I'm, I'm getting a lot done. I just, I hate the fact that that's the consequence. That's the whole point. So I did it, I guess, a step below what's recommended here because I tend to hold myself accountable. And so what I would do uh, when I was working, for example, I've recently submitted my second book manuscript in a few months and it's exhausting. And one of the things I told myself was if I didn't write either a certain number of words or put a certain amount of concrete thought into a chapter on a certain day, I wouldn't allow myself to watch TV or I wouldn't play video games that evening. And for me, it was, okay, I really wanted my game time. I really wanted my screen time when I didn't have to think about writing a book. And that was a really good motivation for me and a really good motivator because I knew that I wanted my time to relax and to unwind. And if that's what it was going to take, if it was writing another 50 words, if it was writing 200 words, whatever it was, I was going to put that effort in because I really wanted to reward myself. So for me, it was taking something away if I didn't do something. But I also didn't tell anyone because I hadn't thought of that part. Well, you just told our listeners. Very true. And now you all know. You want to pick something you know you want to do or should do or need to do, but you aren't doing. For example, studying or taking a walk every day or drinking a glass of water every couple times that you walk past, whatever the goal is, pick the goal that you are supposed to do that you know you need to do, but you're not doing. Then set a logical consequence that makes you squirm for not doing the thing you need to do. Finally, tell someone about it so you'll be held accountable. Now, the way students can use this if you know you're one of those folks who can't seem to follow through, try this technique. And yeah, you'll probably be reluctant because who wants to expose themselves to embarrassment or to discomfort? But if you know you struggle with doing the task when you've said you'll do it, 
It'll create motivation to avoid the consequence. And then you also get the task done. That's a win-win. For teachers, much like Adam, teach this technique to your students, but use it yourself too. Maybe tell your students what the consequence will be if you don't follow through on what you said you would do. They'll not only find it amusing, but they'll see you as more human than they did before. So that's what we have for you in episode 93. If you're finding this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. We're always hoping to get new subscribers so we can help more people. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Android. We're hosted on Blueberry.com. Also, we would really appreciate it if you wrote a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to join us next week for episode 94, when we'll talk about different ways to keep track of student participation. You've been listening to Learning Made Easier, a podcast about how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. We want to say thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon who make this podcast possible. If you want to support us, please go to www.patreon.com slash learningmadeeasier. We look forward to seeing you next week.